Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. Welcome to Sports Day. Nice to have your company. Me, Carl Langdon and Will Schofield with you tonight. Uh, Mark Redding's off having a well-deserved break. And I'll tell you what, there's a fair bit going on. And what a way to finish the trade period today. Thanks to KO. Watch the T20 Cricket, uh, the World Cup on KO Sports. We'll keep you up to date with the T20. It's happening as we speak, actually. It's uh, Australia and England. But Will Schofield, didn't it just end with a flurry? The last 10 minutes were unbelievable. Welcome, mate. Carl, how are you, mate? Look, Oh, we were sitting watching it, and I thought, nothing's going to get done here. And with a minute to go, look, let, let, I'm not going to say if they were just tucked away in someone's back pocket and they were produced with a minute to go, but they went bang, 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 bang. And a lot to do with the West Australian sides as well, well, as well Carl. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's uh, roll through them. Uh, there was eight essential deals that were done today. Essendon traded Aaron Francis, round three, selection 42 to the Sydney Swans for its round two selection 37 and a future fourth round selection. Uh, Sam Weed. It's round 354 and round 472 to Essendon for its two selection number 37. The Western Bulldogs traded Josh Shackey. These deals were done early. Like, we just thought, oh, it's just going to be one of these sorts of days to Melbourne for its future fourth round selection. Yeah, uh, Lockie Hunter. So it was Melbourne and Bulldogs just trading barbs a little bit. Lockie Hunter goes to uh, Melbourne for a future third round selection from the Bulldogs. Uh, Josh Dunkley then was, that was the, the one, I reckon. big one. Josh Dunkley was the one that was... I think holding all this together or apart, uh, Brisbane gets these man gets their man Josh Dunkley off a of best and fairest at the Western Bulldogs. So Western Bulldogs lose their best player. It's it's nothing less than that. He's their best player and he's out the door for. Look, I don't think a lot. Um, the Bulldogs got a second round pick, so pick twenty one, a future first, a future second, and a future fourth. But they gave up a couple of future selections as well. So. Effectively, he walks out the door for maybe pick 21 and a future first. So uh, their best player gone. And then there was a three-way trade, Carl. This is when it really started lighting up. And this is where uh, some of the action comes here. Tom Mitchell, the Brownlow medalist, makes his way from Hawthorne to Collingwood. Uh, Cooper Stevens, a young up-and-coming midfielder at Geelong, heads to Hawthorne. And Ollie Henry in this deal goes to the Geelong Cats to play alongside his uh, his brother, who's a, who's a backman down there at Geelong, um, uh, Jack Henry, and a couple of Geelong boys make it all the way back to Sleepy Hollow in Geelong, and I can call it that because I am a Geelong boy, Carl. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of Fremantle-related ones to finish the day off and to finish the trade period off. Rory Lobb, gone to the Western Bulldogs. He was trying to get there the entire period. Everyone seemed quite confident until there was a minute to go, and then everyone wasn't sure, but he goes there for a second-round pick pick 30, and a future second-round selection. So I think that's pretty shrewd uh, trading there by the Freo Dockers. They get two second-rounders for Rory Lobb at the end of last year before he did what he did this year. I think two second-rounders for Rory Lobb would have been overs, and at, and at that point it's probably fair. 
and the last deal of the day, the last day of the trade period, which feels like it's gone on for three years. Yeko Mira uh, heads to uh, Fremantle. He'll join the midfield of Will Brody, um, Sarong and Brayshaw and a future fourth round selection. And Lloyd Meek, the big backup ruckman, heads to Hawthorne to tap it down the throat of the youngest team in the AFL. So you've spent a little bit of time down in for a more recent time. So they lose Lobb, they they lose Meek, they lose two of their big backups. We know that they got Jackson in, uh, so that deal was done a couple of days ago. But uh, to to now have, say, Sean Darcy and, and Jackson as your two key tools, let's face it, another player that they've been playing in that forward line mix has been Griffin Logue. He's gone as well. Yep. So what does that now look like with the younger guys coming through? Or do you think now Freo, and we've got Peter Bell coming up shortly so we can ask him, but do you think Freo need to be in the market for a big man backup now? Well, they're going to have to be. I mean, Jackson effectively is a like-for-like replacement for Lowe, but they've lost that backup in Meek. They don't have a backup Ruckman. Josh Tracy isn't a backup Ruckman. They don't have someone on their list that does that. So they're going to have to get someone out of the waffle to fulfill that role. Uh, are a Ruckman a bit of a diamond a dozen, though? I mean, you look well, at the two teams in the grand final this year. Yeah. Um, well, I think Jackson's can be more than a Ruckman. I think that, you know, having a chat to him the other day, that uh, he's going to spend some time on the wing. He's going to spend some time in the midfield. Well, he wants to. But, Carl, that that wing chat, that, that let's just be honest with that. I haven't been on the show um, while that's been no. thrown around. And it's not just on this show. It's been widespread. There is no way Luke Jackson plays on the wing. But Fremantle play a system where their wingers help their back line, right? So it's their back six. They can press up the ground and their seventh, which is their winger, which was Blake Akers last year, comes in behind to, to help them out defensively. Luke Jackson's not doing that, mate. Look, I, I'll be, I would love to be proven wrong, but no Ruckman, in, unless you're a steeplechaser from Geelong and multiple best and fairest winner, you know who I'm talking about. Mm. You're not playing the wing role, mate. And I, I can't see him doing that for the Freo Dockers. I just like, though, that Jackson, I think, has a few more strings to his bow than and, – and, look, he's only 21. But I think potentially with the growth and his maturity and where he can climb to – because let's face it, when you look at some of the, the rucks, they haven't really hit their straps until they're 25, 26, 27 years of age and really made a big impact on the game. So – and, and Maxi Gorn's doing it now, and he's 30. So for me, I think he's got a lot of time on his side, but I think he's more than a one-trick pony. Quite a, quite often, a lot of the rucks are just good in and around the centre square, and they're good in hit-outs, and they hit to advantage, and they do that sort of stuff. But it's on the spread, where the game is now fast, where they need to get involved, and I think that's where the good ruckmen, for me anyway, get rated highly. Yeah, they haven't recruited a ruckman, have they? So I've gone off my tree a little bit about the wing role, but he can play forward. He can play high forward. Yeah. He can be... Not that fifth midfielder, but it, when the ball hits the ground, he moves differently to other Ruckman in inverted commas. So I think it's a great pickup by Free. I think he ma- makes them better. But I, I would just only be concerned around uh, the rest of the forward line at Freo with Tabernar and Tracy and up-and-coming uh, forwards there, Amos, uh, whether or not Jackson becomes the best forward and he takes the best defender and what he looks like as a forward with the be- very best defender on him each week. I, I don't know if... He's built for that just yet. One double three out eighty two. It's Wednesday wine night. Imagine the best at DM Breaker distributors of the world's best rock breakers. DMBreaker.com.au. If you want to whinge and whine about anything, you can do that. Chloe Paparo is going to join us after seven o'clock tonight. Of course, the BBL gets underway tomorrow. Our girls not in action uh, for a few days yet until the weekend. Mike Kelly's going to join us from the Perth Wildcats. Uh, ben Vickers. We had the B uh, the UFC announced that it's coming to town in February twenty twenty three. Well, Ben is a coach and. 
and a promoter. We'll have a yak to him about that. Daniel Garf for the World Game and Marco Allen will join us as well tonight with the news earlier today that Min Woo and Min Ji Lee are set to tee off at the Australian Golf Open in Melbourne, December 1-4. to 4. Uh, We need to clear a commitment because on the other side we're going to come back and we're going to discuss uh, how Fremantle have ended up in the AFL draft with Peter Bell from the Freo Dockers next. It's quarter past six. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. Will Schofield and me, Carl Langdon, with you tonight through until 8 o'clock. Join in at any time. 133-882 is our talkback number. It's Wednesday wine night, but for trade radio, thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. It's uh, great to have Peter Bell, Executive General Manager of Footy from the Freo Dockers, joining us right now. Welcome, Pete. How are you going? Good evening, guys. How are you going? Uh, we're going really well, mate. But um, I must say, uh, being one of the busiest clubs throughout the course of the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, we have been, uh, which probably wasn't uh, our intention uh, as the season closed off. But uh, look, really excited to bring in some um, uh, talent into our footy club and uh, have a strong draft hand next year. Uh, but it was an eventful, uh, particularly last hour of the trade period uh, this evening. How, how do you summarise it all, Bally? Do you do you walk away happy as a football club? Um, yeah, 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 probably will. Um, you, you never really know until all the players get out there, and uh, and then you, you know you, you either get the results or you don't. So there's a lot to play out. Um, but right now the feeling is uh, that we're, we're comfortable with what's uh, sort of transpired over the last couple of weeks. Um, and we just can't wait to get to work uh, with the new players we brought in, plus our, our existing young squad. In terms of sheer numbers, the pure numbers of players in and out, more have left than have come in. Is is there a risk that uh, you lack a bit of depth, um, given given the role-playing nature of some of the guys that are left and, and the, the people that have come in to replace them? Uh, I, I don't think so, Will. I, I think um, I've spoken before about you know the, the opportunity for... Uh, games for players like um, you know Neil Erasmus and uh, Matthew Johnson and, and we think Liam Henry's tracking the right way and there's a number of other players that uh, didn't get a lot of opportunities this year that we think um, you know with a with a solid preseason um, uh, might might be a different scenario next year so we think our depth is still very good um, we think we brought in uh, two really good players at the top end uh, in, in in sort of Luke Jackson and also Jager O'Meara. Um, and we think Josh Corbett also can play a really important role for us. So um, we're quite pleased overall. What about in the big, big man department? Because uh, whilst Jackson has come in, you've lost two who are capable in Lob and now Meek, uh, who was uh, pretty much the last deal done with Jager O'Meara. Will you look to try and source something else, Belly, or do you reckon you've got enough when it comes to that department? Well, we think we've got two really good ruckmen in Sean Darcy and, and Luke Jackson. But, uh, yeah, as a, as a, from a list management perspective, we'll definitely talk about uh, what other options there are out there in the various state leagues or through the draft with regards to bringing in uh, maybe a developing tool. Uh, they are hard to find, so um, our recruiting team will get to work. And, uh, look, there are some um, pretty handy ruckmen still plying their trade in the, in the Waffle and the Sandful and the, and the BFL and, and other leagues. So we'll get to work on that and see if... Uh, potentially we might be able to bring another one or two of those types of players in. Was Jago Amira always on the club's radar or was he someone that I guess became available given Lloyd Meek's uh, desire to head to the Hawthorne Footy Club? And uh, not that it's just something on top, but it, you know, Jago's availability became a, a good way to get Meek to where he wanted to go and you to bring in a good player. Yeah, you'd be familiar with how it works. You know, the West Australian clubs keep very close 
monitor, I suppose, on on West Australians flying their trade in the AFL. So we've we've watched Jager very closely for for a number of years, all, all the way back to his draft year, really, and he's taken as a priority pick by the Gold Coast. But certainly um, through the early parts of the trade period. Um, we were interested in Jager and what might be possible. And then that sort of really gathered momentum late last week and uh, early this week. And uh, the net result is that we're able to bring him in and, and we're really thrilled with that. Belly, with the number of players moving, um, it's been quite amazing to see this evolve. And it's uh, something that players have always spoken about, more freedom to move. But even with players now under contract, um, loyalty seems to be a thing of the past, both uh, from club and player in some cases. Yeah, it's certainly turning that way for better or for worse. And I think the average footy fan would probably think it's for worse. Uh, but that's the trend in um, most other sports overseas, and we don't have to follow everything that happens overseas. But that seems to be the case now that you know players particularly have a, a lot more power and are happy to um, dictate or request where they where they might want to go. And um, so that's that's something that as an industry we're going to have to deal with, and we're starting to deal with. And um, I think all well, I know all the clubs are trying to just do the best by their respective clubs and and make sure that, uh, you know, the commitment they've made to the playing group and to other stakeholders um, is, is, is genuine and, and trying to do the right thing uh, by everyone at the club. And sometimes that can lead to tough conversations, but, um, you know, that's a part of the game and it's only going to become more a part of the game in the future. Uh, you lost a couple of tall players still under contract in Meek and, and Lobb. Are you, are you happy with the compensation effectively that you've received for Rory Lobb if we use him in this instance, um, two second-round picks do you think that's a fair result for the club? Oh, look, he's an important player for us, um, kicking, you know, 30, 36-odd goals this year, Will. So they're hard to replace, and, and, and we made that uh, known, and that was, you know, part of the reluctance to trade him. But also knowing that, um, you know, there's been noise around Rory last year and again this year, and he had one year left on his contract to go, that perhaps even with another good year and at age 30, we might not be in a position where we'd be able to get, um, you know, a, a couple of second round draft picks in a year's time. So we felt that by bringing in Luke Jackson and some of the other moves that we've done, that now is the right time. And uh, we found uh, the Western Bulldogs um, uh, came, to the t- uh, came to the party late. And we're able to get something done there. Where do you think Jago Amira plays? Um, does he does he fit into that, that midfield with... Brody Brayshaw and Sarong, is that the the mix you're looking at or is he, does he fit in around the uh, periphery somewhere? No, I think uh, inside mid is where we'd like to play him along with the, the players that you've mentioned. Uh, Jager also has the ability yeah, as an experienced player to play forward and then come up to midfield stoppages, which is a role that he's done quite a bit of for Hawthorne in recent times. So um, he's got that experience. He's got that uh, game intelligence that he can handle those different types of roles. But we'd really like to explore having his hardness and, and contest and nouts around the footy as an inside mid as well. Hey, Billy, does the AFL actually keep a few of these actual deals up their sleeve and just throw them out strategically? Because, you know, like the Billy Frampton one, for example, which I was told was done to Collingwood for a future round three, didn't come out, I don't think, until yesterday. And I got told that before I went on holidays. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what happens there. There's a lot of different balls in the air and 
Um, look, uh, uh, there is, a, you know, the last 24 hours or so, there's a lot of negotiations that go on and arrangements that are met, but um, you sort of have to wait until you get in there on the final day before the, uh, they can be actioned, if you like. So that adds to the suspense and drama. But, um, look, it is very complex. Sometimes there's minor details that end up being major details in any, any negotiation. And there's a lot of rules around what picks you can trade and what you can't trade and list size issues and Lots of other stuff as well that makes uh, makes it pretty complicated. Uh, with with uh, a lot of new players coming into the footy club, Belly, and some of the restrictions around player contact, especially from the football department that has come in over the last few years, is that is that difficult? You know, you don't you you, you, you trade these players in, and you don't get to see or speak to them unless they want unless they want to for six weeks or so. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, I'm not, not what you asking. There, what are you asking there? Well, I mean, some of the some of the training requirements around um, you know contact with coaches, and um, there's been some stuff brought in through the AFLPA around you know extending players' leave periods, which is fine for players that have been at the footy club for a long time. But these guys are new to your system, new to your club. Are you comfortable with them? Um, you know, taking the rest of their leave and then just rocking up day one, or, or would you like to get some time into them and and uh, you know get to know them before I guess they start preseason? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Um, and it depends on the individual, I suppose, um, as to, to what your um, confidence is that, that you know they're going to present on day one of uh, pre-season in, in really good condition. As an industry, I've got to say I'm really impressed uh, from you know my experience of now how things have changed and the guys see themselves as uh, all-year-round professionals. Um, the days of sort of relaxing too much on a leave period and then coming back out of shape, they're, they're pretty much gone for most players. But the players are also really good at checking in at the footy club and talking to the high performance and talking to the docs if they've got an issue or coming in for medical treatment. They do that off their own bat, which are the rules. Um, and, uh, and often, uh, in, in, in circumstances, they also ask the coaches to come and, you know, check in with them and, um, and, and you know, watch a training session that they might be doing with a few of their teammates. So that, that's seems to have changed quite a bit, uh, and I think it's for the better as well. Pete, I know you've got other commitments, mate. Thank you very much for sharing a few minutes with us tonight here on Sports Day. Take care. No worries. Good on you. Peter Bell, uh, trade radio update uh, out of the Freo Dockers thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. So this is what it looks like for Freo right now, Will. Uh, the, 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 who's leaving? David Mundy retired. Connor Blakely was delisted along with Joel Weston. Blake Akers goes to Carlton. Griffin Lowe goes to North Melbourne. Darcy Tucker likewise. Rory Lobb gets done at the last moment. He is off to the Western Bulldogs and Lloyd Meek to Hawthorne. They get Get Josh Corbett from the Gold Coast, who's a big bloke that can play forward. Can probably play more than that, actually. I reckon he can swing forward or back. So he sort of replaces Logan away. Luke Jackson, well, he's the the, the genuine meek and, and lob replacement because he goes into the ruck and can go forward also. And Jacob O'Meara goes into their midfield as an experienced big body who can work hard on the inside. And they have draft picks after the trade period of 44 67 and 76. They haven't promoted any of their rookies and they haven't yet retained any of their rookies. So they are yet to be announced. Uh, I mean, in all balances, it looks to be pretty even. I just, I'm just a a little wary. I don't know enough about Josh Corbett to see where he fits into the mix. Um, I like him. Takes a good grab. Okay. But with only Jackson coming in and Meek and Lobb going out, one injury to a Darcy, Mm. for instance, I think we'll leave them quite thin in that area of the ground. So who is playing regularly out of those players? David David Money, of course. There's six if you include Meek. 
Yeah, but if you don't, so Five. so so Money was playing every week, Akers was playing every week, Griffin Logue was playing every week, Darcy Tucker was in and out of the side, Rory Lobb was playing every week, and Luke Lloyd Meeks was in and out of the side. So it's really only four. No, well, I think you just said five names. <laughs> Did I? He said David Mundy included. Mundy, yeah. Akers, Logue. Akers, Logue, yeah, and Lobb. Lobb. And then Meek and Tucker were in and out. Okay. So that's four. Four and four and, and so so I'm, that, I'm including so that's half, four. I'm, I'm I'm going half plus half is another one. So that's five. So they get Jackson Jackson <laughs> and O'Meara. They they get Erasmus who comes in and replaces one of the the older guys. And uh, and of course you've got Amos who yeah, so only Amos played a couple of games. They're, they're going to have to step up. That, that Johnson. Yeah. So right. Amos Johnson Erasmus, which they'll be hoping to. You know, in their second year, hmm. they take a step forward and get better. So that's what Frio is banking on. Clearly. And, and 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 to be honest, like Fremantle have been. Very, very good. You know, let's have a look at their track record in recent times. Since um, since Peter Bell and Simon Garlic and Justin Longmuir have taken the reins, they have been really good at developing the young talent. And let's look at Brayshaw and Sarong and um, particularly the young boys down back. I mean, if you, you think about the impact that Young and Chapman have had on the game in only a couple of years, it's been really good. Yeah, it has. And you've got to take your hat off to them, the way they've structured their side, the way they've gone about recruiting players. They've clearly put in a, a fair bit of value on culture as well. So um, Yago Amira, from all reports, is a great bloke. Not, not only a good footballer, but a great bloke. So uh, that's an addition to the team that helps. Uh, I will just say, Josh Corbett's 190 centimetres tall, Carl. And I know that would have been in the ruck back in your day, but 190 doesn't uh it doesn't no he's my he's he's, no, he's my size that's it doesn't all. pass doesn't pass the mark in today's key position players no. the, the king boys are 203 but you got to remember he's the same size as jack darling now jack darling takes a good mark yeah but jack darling will go down as one of the great medium sides forwards i understand but, but corbett can take a mark and he can get as many possessions as darling and he kicks all right okay so if they can get him the footy and and he can it's a little bit like ben brown at melbourne right he's a premiership player but if you look at Ben Brown and the impact he has on the game, he's a, he's a beautiful kick, he's even though he's got the longest. Though. I'm just arguing that Josh Corbett may not be a key position player. No, I'm not. I'm not. And and didn't I? I think like Logue, he he was. I don't think ever going to be a key position player. I mean, they're going to be the the third tall at best, right? And that's where Darling's always been, and that's why I've been so had so much admiration for Jack Darling because man, he's played out of his weight range a hell of a lot. You know, you know how big some of the defenders are. I'm looking at you across the desk, and you, you know, six foot five tall. I'm a bit bigger now as well. A couple of years out of the game, but you you understand what I mean because you look at these young young kids now that are coming into the game, and all the blokes that are in the midfield. I, I get up there and I get a chance to interview them and, and you know, I'm just like, well, in most cases, you're looking up to well, them. Well, it's Paddy Cripps, the Brownlow medalist. Four. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like 194. So, yeah, it is It is incredible how it's changed. Hey, we've got to clear a commitment back. It's 28 uh, to 7. One, uh, go on. Yeah, don't forget Fifey, by the way. He's coming back into the team. Well, there you go. There's hey. another block. Well, he's been forgotten about. See, they, they haven't even needed him. That's how good they've been going. But 133882, uh, that's our trade radio update. Uh, if you'd like to know something from your club about your club, uh, if we can bring up the latest, we can get it for you. 133882. Thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Wednesday wine night. Get into it next. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. As we go to the phones, one double three eight eighty two. If you would like to join in, and we head to Como and have a chat to Frank first. G'day, Frank. Fellas, uh, a wine first, and then a question. Uh, Carl, you, my wine. You forgot to mention that Frio's also got pick thirty in this draft. One of the two picks that they obtained for Roy Lobb. Yes. 
I think that's correct. Yep, fair enough. Well, thank fair. you. That is that's fair. That's yeah. fair, Frank. Yeah. Well done. Fair enough. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> and um, boys, what sort of role do you actually see O'Meara playing next year? Because I can think of a couple, um, but I just don't want him obviously to um, curtail the development of some of the youngs, you know, like Johnson and Aramis there as well. What, what do you guys think his role could or should be? Yeah, it's a good question, Frank. I was I was wondering uh, a similar question. I, I mean, I see Jaeger O'Meara as um, Jaeger O'Meara, I should say, uh, as uh, I, I think he's kind of similar to what they have, Carl, in, in Brody, in Brayshaw, in Sarong. I know I know there's di- differing styles of play there, but I don't think he's not like this lightning quick guy. He's certainly mm-hmm. not that. He's a he's a He's an inside midfielder, right? Which Will Brody is an inside midfielder. Andrew Brayshaw is an inside midfielder. Although he gets his fair share of ball on the outside, he's an inside mid. And Caleb Sarong is a, you know, he's an inside stoppage-based midfielder. There, None of them are runners and outside players, are they? So I don't know if, if that's a good or a bad thing. David Mundy departs. He probably slots pretty nicely into the role David Mundy was playing, which was at times starting off a forward flank, coming in and playing as a fifth mid, and at times starting at centre bounce and pushing forward. So um, he may just fit straight into the, the role that David Mundy left away. What do you think, Carl? Yeah, I think, look, having having the big body in there, he, he certainly uh, doesn't move and groove, I don't think, and never has, like uh, what David Mundy has, uh, in my view, from watching uh, them throughout their whole careers. But I think right now, they're all even. It doesn't matter how old you are, right? It doesn't matter what number you were picked at. You get along to pre-season training, you do the work, and you earn your stripes. And that's what he'll have to do. Because you, you don't just come in from another football club and do a Will Brody unless you work hard. And that's what he did. And he had a really good season. So unless Jager can actually measure up against a few of those younger guys, and if, he beats, if, if you beat him at training, that's the first thing you've got to do, is that you've got to work hard at training and beat your teammates because basically they determine whether you're playing the team or not. Yeah, and, and and pressure from the outside is what you need to be successful. Erasmus and Johnson are the two that they'd be hoping make a step above, and and, and that's probably who he's competing with because hmm. he'll be competing for a spot, which is healthy. And and look, and, and when you look at guys like Walker and others that you know we didn't mention before about a few of the younger guys, you know, can Henry play a better role, and what's his role look like? Um, Pierce and others, Jordan Clark will will take a step above with no acres in the team. He'll play a lot more wing time, I think. Yeah, and, and does Aish stay where he is uh, or, or do they swing him around? I mean, these are all the questions that uh, have to be asked. But another pre-season, getting them all together and another pre-season into those younger players will certainly leave them in better stead. Uh, I think uh, if you look overall, if you want to give Frio a pass mark or a fail mark at this trade period, their team is better after the trade period than it was before. True or false? Um, you think they're better or worse after the trade period? I I reckon they're about even, yeah, to be okay. honest. Yeah, I think they're better. Luke, Luke Jackson's a better player than the lob. Um, Corbett's about even with Logue, and they get Jago Amira, who's better than Tucker. Um, and yeah, I just think the, the form though that Mundy played with, um, and 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 look, Acres had his 
best season in the in the competition, to be honest. You know, he probably did better than and, – and that's why another club saw some more value because Freo weren't prepared to pay him as much. And in the end, the game's a business, so he decided to take uh, the better longer-term security contract. I reckon you can find a Blake Akers with pick 30, which they got for Roy Lobb. So I think they end up on top. Jason in Freo. G'day, Jace. Yeah, g'day, gents. Um, I loved um, the Dockers' um, mid-season draft. Um, you know, Siebert Kuik, apologies yep. if it's not pronounced correctly, from East Perth. Yep. I mean, he's a ready-made waffle player and, you know, he's 199 centimetres. So is that a f- it's, he can't be too far off. He's got, he needs to um, obviously put on a, a little bit more more weight, but, um, you know, he's the same weight as Jai Amos, I think. So, yeah, I, I was really impressed with that pickup, and he can't be too far off, I would have thought. Yeah, that's Seb. 199 Ku- centimetres. Yep, yeah, Seb Kuik. Um Okay, I saw him play his first game for Peel. So he made the transition from East Perth to Peel, played against East Perth, I think, and rolled his ankle halfway through the second quarter. The first quarter and a half, he did some things that not many players can do. Um, Really athletic, really agile, um, huge jump on him, can, can do some things as a tall player, probably similar to a Jackson, but... He's not going to go into the ruck for Freo. Um, he's he's not built. Uh, he's, he's built quite slenderly, Carl. Slim player. Can he jump though, mate? That's yeah, what you need to do. He get jump, in the ruck. I mean, but, let's face it. Yeah, I mean, Blixav, Blixavs is not a big body player, but he's got that running ability and he's yeah. got that ability to jump. I mean, he's a steeple chaser, right? No, nah, but he's he's he he wouldn't be able to run steeple anymore, Carl. He's put on a bit of weight, big uh, big mark, and and right. I think someone like Gorn would run through and put a knee straight through Young Seb, but. That's not saying he can't succeed at the level because what I saw, not many AFL players will be able to do. So I think it's a, quite a, a good pickup by Freo as well. Good call, Jason. All right. Good on you, Jace. Uh, thanks for calling in. One double three eight eighty two. What's the target there? One twenty nine in the cricket, uh, Scoey, and uh, the Aussies two for fifty in the eighth. One seventy nine. One seventy nine. Is it one seventy nine? Gee, that's not bad. Uh, the English have got off to a pretty good start. I mean, after cracking over two hundred here at Optus, and then our boys couldn't chase them down. So Steve Smith can't get a game in in our national. T20 side, is that right? Is that, it, it, was field, it was fielding as 12th man, Carl. Yeah. So what's happening there? Well, a bit of experimentation. I think that uh, they've – well, they've still got Finchie playing and how did he make again tonight? Another failure after putting himself back up the top of the order. So Maybe. Uh, Marsh is uh, doing all right at the moment. He's uh, 21 from 12. We're going to need him to keep going. Finchie made 13. There you go. Thank you, Hita. Uh, one double three out of two is the number. We need to clear another commitment. On the other side, come back. We'll update some more sport. There's been plenty of other stuff going on today. Uh, don't risk uh, missing all your team's matches of the T20 World Cup because you'll see it right on KO. And I think there's another wicket at the cricket. Three for 51 as we head to the break. Maxwell is gone. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Join in. one double three eight eighty two. like Daryl in Kingsley. G'day, Daryl. Good evening. I have a Wednesday wine. Um, it's just in relation to the T20. Despite all these innings timers and everything like that and all these rules, they still finish barely within the um, the allotted time frame for the 20 overs. And that's hap- that happened on the weekend. Um, so I just wanted to say that the ICC need to crack down on these things earlier so the game doesn't drag out for the T20. Um, and just secondly, now that with Lob gone, there really is need to be the onus on Amos and Tracy to really lead the line and develop in that pre-air forward line. 
Yeah, just on your first point, look, um, that's a really good point you make about uh, the T20 cricket because they have introduced into the local Big Bash competition this season the the time limit scenario. So I do like that, and I think that they need to pay more attention to it. Um, as for the development of a player like Tracy, how do you see him? Because he just hasn't come on like a couple of the others. And, you know, when you look at Amos and, and, and those that have arrived at the club after him, all of a sudden he's sort of been pushed down the rungs a little bit, I reckon. Oh, well, he has, but he's still a very young key position player, Carl. I, mm. You just don't see the best out of these guys till they're 23, 24, 25 years old. So from what I've seen, and I've seen it up close and personal, not only have I played on him, I've played with him, I've seen him dominate games of waffle, and that's enough for me. If, if you can do it once uh, and consistency is an issue, that, that's actually okay. If you never actually show that peak, that potential, that – uh, can you do it type thing. Uh, I think that's when you start getting worried. But I've seen him do it numerous times where he's literally put the team on his back and, and won games of football by himself. He he hasn't been able to do it every week, but he'll grow into it and he'll develop into a very good player for free. Yeah, he's uh, not uh, uh, 21 until next year. 4th of August was his birthday. He may so. look like he's 26 years old. He's a big boy, but he, he's not even 21 yet. 195 centimetres. Yeah, don't worry. He's, and and, and he, he runs around and chases and does the defensive things. I, I don't have a worry in the world about Josh Tracy. Okay. Uh, to Graham in Morley. G'day. Uh, uh, g'day, uh, Carl. Yeah, uh, just on the on the comment, um, uh, um, uh, it's becoming a business. Uh, so therefore, as time goes by, uh, uh, the richer clubs become richer and the poorer clubs become poorer. Um, now, for example, here, Geelong's done very, very well out of, the, out of, the, out of this draft and uh, attracting players. Geelong, Collingwood, Richmond, all, all in the eastern states. Now, now Lobb's gone from, uh, gone from Fremantle, and then Fremantle's left to develop uh, up-and-coming players, you know, again, developing someone that's going to go back to Melbourne anyway. No, uh, no, that, the, the contracts are not worth the paper they're written on, uh, mate. Sorry about that. All right, good on you, Graham. Uh, look, the one point that I would like to make, Cisco, and, I, and I'd like your assessment on the two uh, clubs that I reckon the AFL are going to have to feed a lot more oxygen into yet, and that's GWS and Gold Coast. How, how, did, you, how did you think they fared? Oh, mate, oh, they've, they've, if we just look at the trade period, they've butchered it, both of them. Uh, GWS have had a mass exodus of players, uh, effectively what would be looked at as a, as a walkout from any other club. Uh, Bobby, Hel- Bobby Hill leaves, Tim Taranto leaves, Tanner Bruin leaves. Jacob Hopper leaves, um, and what do they replace them with? There's not too many players coming in. Toby Bedford walks in um, to, you know, uh, you know, Toby Bedford might be a good player, but he's certainly not up to the standard of the other four or five that have left, uh, and they get pick one, great, but they've traded away a couple of draft picks to get that. So I don't really like what GWS has well, done. Well, they must like the upcoming draft because they've got pick one, pick 15, pick 18, pick 19. So well, they don't, they don't have any players, Carl, so they've got to replace them somehow. Every, everyone's left. They've, they've got five stand-up, start-up players that have walked out. And then Gold Coast, uh, they'd be really disappointed to lose an Isaac Rankin. Um, he walks out the door to Adelaide. They've put a fair bit of time and money into him. Jack Bowes leaves the footy club with pick seven. So not only does he take some salary cap space with him because they've put him on a deal back-ended. He hasn't performed. They've signed him to a long-term contract. That's why they don't, don't they just don't work, long-term contracts, because if the player doesn't live up to it, you're stuck with the player, and then you need to get rid of him. And to sweeten the deal, you have to chuck – pick seven in with it. So he goes to Geelong. Gold Coast are just as bad as GWS in this trade period. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the point made about 
uh, Geelong is is fair because, I mean, when we consider that Sean Higgins has retired, Quentin Narkle was delisted uh, along with Francis Evans, uh, Nick Stevens was delisted, uh, a couple other blokes uh, who I don't even need to pronounce their names because I can't, but uh, haven't heard them play much. Uh, well, Paul Tussipotilus uh, or something like that. Uh, how'd I go, Scoey? Oh, uh, Lukey Dalhouse retires, but then you look at Brune, he's a top 10 draft pick. Jack Bowes, top 10 draft pick. Ollie Henry was a round one draft pick. He went at what, number 17? Yeah, I, I will take all that on board. And so they've got a, a plethora of players that come into the club. But Geelong haven't won 10 premierships in a row, Carl. They, they, they won their first premiership since 2012. And I know there'll be St Kilda fans saying, what about us? And Freo fans saying, what about us? But They've been a good side and they've been in probably the best side, but they've just won the one flag in the last 10 years. So although the rich get richer, you still got to win the flag, Carl. Yeah, no, I understand that, but they've been a hell of a lot closer than a few of the other clubs we've just spoken about, they more compl- regularly. They, right? as, as you said, though, they've completely clocked this trade period. They've got four first rounders walking into the football club plus a pick seven. I mean, you couldn't ask for much more as a defending premiers, could you? In your assessment uh, outside of Geelong, who else has done well? Uh, look, I think Port Adelaide did quite well to get Horn Francis and Junior Rioli in. Um, Richmond, um, you know, they, they took a little bit away from GWS. But I think Richmond, um, instead of rebuilding like a Hawthorne, which has pretty much gutted their entire leadership group from this year, I spoke about it off air, Carl. Mm. Uh, they lose Ben McAvoy. They lose Liam Shields both to retirement. But then they trade away Jager O'Meara. They trade away Tom Mitchell. And there's one more that I'm missing out on that I can't think of, Jack Gunston. So mm. Their entire leadership is gone. Uh, Richmond, they get in Tim Taranto. Jacob Hopper enters. And their midfield's one of the best midfields in the comp next year with Dusty Martin in there, of course, Trent Cochin, both experienced players. Um, but then they've got someone like Shy Bolton running through there and Dion Prestera as well. So uh, Richmond do well, and they'll challenge again next year. Yeah, a couple of good replacements for Shane Edwards, who retires. And and then you go to Melbourne. So Melbourne, who were the defending premiers, they get Brodie Grundy, so he replaces Jackson, so that's not a bad replacement. Well, Lockie Hunter comes as a backup player to the midfield from the Western Bulldogs, and Josh Shackey replaces Wiedemann, who they traded out. So they get a, a, a tall for a tall. Uh, I'm going to go against you. Though. I don't think Melbourne's done too well in this trade period. Uh, Brodie grinding into the football club. Okay, on face value, that's seems good and you get him for not much and they Collingwood pays his price but Grundy Gorn that's not a ruck combination that stands up in today's game I don't think the neither of them are forwards so who's going to ruck well they get a well they're both going to ruck Sorry, there's only one Ruckman, Carl. There's, you've got to put your hand up at the stoppages now. There's only one Ruckman. Uh, yeah, what, I, what are you going to do with Grundy? You're going to play him at full forward, are you? Yeah. I'll tell you right now, as a key defender, if Grundy was down there, I'd be licking my lips. Thank you very much. Well, they can get someone good with pick 13 because they got that from Freo. Uh, now, we need to get to a commitment, and we will be back after the news next here on 6PR. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage. Cars of the Year. Now, out of the news, we're going to have a chat to Chloe Paparo, our girls in action in the WBBL that gets underway tomorrow. The girls in action on the weekend. We'll have a chat to Mike Kelly. He's the Perth Wildcats associate head coach. Ben Vickers will join us to talk about the UFC that was announced as coming to town in February in 2023. We'll talk to Daniel Garb about the world game and we'll have a chat to Mark Allen as we regularly do in the world of golf and some great news around the two West Australian locals in Minwoo and Minji Lee who are headed to Australia to play in the Aussie Golf Open Melbourne, December 1 to 4. We'll be back after the 7 o'clock news. It's next here on 882 6PR. Sports Day for Kia. 
the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Nice to have your company. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. Book into your local Repco Authorised Service centre, Will Schofield. And we have uh, Chloe Paparo joining us from our Perth Scorchers. WBBL is about to get underway. Yes, g'day, Chloe. How are you? How are you feeling? Hey, guys. Good, thank you. Good to be with you. Uh, you must be excited. Uh, series about to kick off. Um, it's a good time of year. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, all switched into orange at the start of this week and um, head over to Sydney on Friday to get things underway. So, yeah, really pumped. How's the team shaping up? You're defending premiers. Uh, what, what's the team looking like? Yeah, I think um, we've been lucky enough to keep quite a few of the girls together. I think um, obviously lost Heather Graham to the Hurricanes, but um, Holly Ferling comes into our lineup. And other than that, um, majority of our squad stays the same, which is, which is really exciting. But, um, yeah, we know it's a, a different season and a new challenge for us. Well, when you talk about Furling and Marazan Cap, who spoke to the media yesterday, uh, you're talking about some very well-credentialed players here. And uh, we could go on about uh, some of the individuals uh, within your team. But it is a, a team sport, but it's very different T20 cricket. And it's a game that you've got to have a fair bit of luck. Yeah, definitely. I think um, there's obviously game changes within each team, but um, we know that, yeah, you've got to kind of put your best squad out there for the whole of the Big Bash to win the tournament. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of ride the luck and hopefully it falls in our favour more often than not. So I mentioned it before, Chloe, and speaking about winning the tournament, that's what you girls did last year. Is there extra pressure um, within the group or are you happy to take it a game as it goes? What's, what's the feeling inside the group? Yeah, I think the feeling inside the group is that it's a new season and no one has the right to, to say that they're going in as favourites, I don't think. So um, for us, it's, yeah, a new challenge um, going in as, I guess, premiers from last year. But um, new squad, few changes, different season. Um, so, yeah, we're just trying to take it one game at a time, um, the old cliche. Yeah. Do, you have, do you have confidence? <laughs> you, 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 you're confident you can win it though, right? Yeah, obviously, yeah, I think so. As I said before, like, we've kept a lot of our, our squad together, which I think, you know, consistency um, in your team goes a long way to being successful. So, um, yeah, definitely really confident that we've got the lineup and the players to go go out there and win it. Now, you have already played 88 Big Bash career matches. Can, can you believe how that how quickly they've amassed or not? Um, yeah, it, it is crazy. I guess in, in one hand, it feels like, um, you know, it's been a while that I've been at the Scorchers since year one. But on the other hand, um, you know, it feels just like yesterday that we started the Big Bash. But um, it's been great to see how much the tournament has grown within those um, seven or so seasons. But, um, yeah, I'm getting on that now, aren't I? Ah, well, there's no. nothing wrong with experience. <laughs> we just saw that from Geelong in the AFL, uh, the oldest team to win, Chloe. So don't uh, talk yourself down. Now, game one uh, comes up uh, on the weekend. You're taking on the Sydney Thunder at Weber Oval. Have you had a good look at them? And what do you think? Um, not yet, to be honest. Um, I'll do that over the next couple of days uh, when it gets sent out. Um, but, yeah, I think, um, obviously, as I said, each team um, is, is full of talent and, and international and domestic talent. So, um, yeah, we've got to, we've got to take each game as it comes. But, yeah, looking forward to getting out there on Sunday. Uh, Beth Mooney uh, comes from a season where she led the run scoring division. Uh, how's she been looking in, in camp and, and uh, coming into this season? 
yeah, looks looks as good as ever. I think um, obviously really lucky to have Bess come over and play some, some one-day cricket for WA earlier this year. So, um, yeah, she's in fine form. I think she, she knocked up 150 at the Wacker. So, um, yeah, she's going in um, really well, well prepared. Are you a cricket watcher? Are you someone that's going to get involved in the World Cup? I know it's the Blokes World Cup this time, but uh, it's on our shores and we've got quite a few games here. It starts next weekend with England taking on Afghanistan. Is, is that something that you tune into or, or not? You'd like to get away when you're not playing? No, I think I'm a um, bit of a cricket nuffy so, or a sport nuffy in general. So I'll um, yeah, definitely have that on the TV um, as well as the, the women's Big Bash games that we're not a part of um, for sure. Yeah, I love watching the cricket. Wow. Well, you can uh, start that action uh, tomorrow because that's when it gets underway. Brizzy Heat taking on the Sydney Sixers. That's the first game that's going to get us rolling in WBBL 8. I can't believe how fast it's gone. It's uh, fantastic to see you still part of it, being one of our leaders in WA cricket. And good luck, Chloe. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it. Good on you. Chloe Paparo here on Sports Day. Uh, Sydney Thunder, Hobart Hurricanes are the next two teams in action on October 14. And it's uh, just day after day, game after game, and it's going to roll through for the girls during summer. A lot more opportunity for the women these days uh, in all sports, Will. Yeah, uh, defending a premiership, um, doesn't matter where it is, whether it's elite level, amateur level, girls, guys, wherever it is, it's a difficult thing to do. So it'll be, um, it's all up against the girls in the uh, WBBL, but uh, yeah, Chloe spoke very well, very big fan of Chloe. Yeah, love your work. She's a good player. So uh, October 16 is their first game and they've got back-to-back games of the following day against the Hobart Hurricanes. Sydney Thunder is the first team that they will take on. So we'll keep an eye on the girls as they progress there. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. After the break, we're going to be joined by Mike Kelly, Perth Wildcats Associate Head Coach. That's an interesting little name, isn't it? An Associate Head Coach. We'll have a chat to him next. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. Nice to have you company here on Sports Day and get behind our Perth Wildcats this season. You head to tickertech.com.au right now. And, Will, having the Wildcats just got off to a perfect start. They certainly have, Carl. We are joined by Mike Kelly, Perth Wildcats Associate Head Coach. Mike, 3-0 uh, and zero to start the season. Uh, must be happy inside the locker room. Yeah, no, it's great to get wins on the board. And uh, I think we have plenty plenty of room to grow as well. Oh, I mean, it's a, it was a big win on the weekend, uh, beating Cairns uh, Monday night, I should say. Uh, how is travelling away for this Perth team? Um, there's some new faces in the room. Are, are they a positive thing, getting on the road and, and spending a bit more time with each other? Yeah, you know, we had a great uh, preseason trip to Darwin where we played three games and had some time on the road there. Um, and then, and then these games over the last, uh, couple of weeks. So really, really good to get away. I mean, uh, to be around each other and, uh, we're still, we're still learning each other. I think, you know, John really being new as a head coach and uh, a few new players as well. To score over a hundred points against Cairns, I think 37 and correct me if I'm wrong in the second quarter without Deshaun Thomas and Corey Webster, you would have thought, uh, that you were going mad, wouldn't you? What, did you think it was going to be like that going into the game? No, definitely not. I, we knew it was going to be like a kind of a high octane game because Cairns plays that way, and we'd like to get up and down as well. Uh, but you don't you don't feel like you're going to score 100. We really shot the ball well. Um, you know where we struggled a little bit against Illawarra just a couple of days before, 
and we came out, uh, you know, Todd Blanchfield and Brady Manick came out firing, hitting threes, and uh, and the rest of the group joined in. Can you speak about Todd Blanchfield? His 350th game gets a win in his milestone game. Sort of uh, player, and I would say more importantly, bloke is Todd Blanchfield. Yeah, he's uh, he's salt of the earth, like really good down to earth guy. And uh, I was fortunate that I got to be an assistant coach with Townsville Crocs when he was playing there, and uh, so knew him as a younger guy. And he's just uh, always been a good guy, and and really, I mean. 350 games, just an incredible career, and he's still got a, a few years left in him, I think. So uh, great to see him go off uh, and play so well. He, he had his family there, and uh, really, really cool moment for him. Your old blokes are, and Jesse Wagstaff, uh, he's another player that uh, you'll talk up as well because they are having impact, and, and that's what you need your experienced veterans to be able to do to lead the way. Yeah, no, for sure. Jesse... Um, you know he's just he he is getting older, but he's just playing great basketball, and he's and he's just leading uh, every day at training and uh, real vocal leader, um, but also just uh, just grinds every day and does does his work so well, so uh, easy for guys to follow him. Hey Mike, just a bit of a personal question: What's your journey been like around the NBL and and abroad? Um, you haven't always been with the Perth Wildcats, and and on the back of that, how how has your time at the Wildcats been, and and how is that organisation? Yeah, how long do you have? Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. Yeah, let's you know, go. It's uh, you know, I, I came over to Australia when I was 22, and uh, and now I'm uh, almost 55. So I've been been here for a while and nice. started at uh, the lower levels. And uh, after seven years on lower levels, got to play NBL, and then and then uh, after we went back to the states for a while, came back coaching NBL. So. I've been with a lot of different teams, um, some that are still here and some that aren't. And, uh, yeah, incredible journey and just uh, so grateful uh, to have landed in Australia and just have loved Australia. Um, all three of our kids have been born here, even though Annette and myself were originally from the States. So, uh, yeah, it's been really cool. And, and to, to end up at Perth in such a beautiful spot and so welcoming uh, the people have been, it's just been uh, just been a dream come true. So really, really good spot to be in. Mike Kelly, Perth Wildcats Associate Head Coach, talking to us here on Sports Day. You don't have to travel very far. 6.30 tip-off against Melbourne United. How's uh, this game shaping up? Uh, are you going to have a couple of soldiers back? What's the team look like? Yeah, well, you know, we're still waiting on Tayshon, who uh, turned his ankle uh, last week, and uh, he's getting better, but uh, hopeful. Uh, but I'm not sure where he stands right now. Uh, it'll probably end up being a, a game-time decision, I guess. Uh, Corey Webster didn't travel with us to Cairns, but he's good to go and uh, trained well today. So, uh, yeah, we're we're close to full strength, and, uh, you know, guys played so well against Cairns, and we, we've got a good vibe going right now. But uh, Melbourne really uh, beat us up in the preseason the one time we played them, so we're going to have to get a little, little back on that one. And, and they're also coming off a... A tough loss to Sydney, so they're going to be fired up to, to have a good one. Yeah, they uh, one and one after, uh, like yourselves, uh, putting uh, plenty of points on the board against the Breakers, one hundred one to ninety seven, and a close one though. So defensively, it looks like yeah. they've got a fair bit of work to do, given the Kings scored ninety one points against them as well. Yeah, they they um, you know they've got a lot of good athletes um, uh, and some and some great older heads as well, like uh, Chris Goulding. Uh, Xavier Rattan Mays can really put the ball in the basket and uh, 
Yeah, against us, they were just super physical, and I think that's how they're going to come out uh, on Friday. But, um, yeah, we're, we're fired up, too. Uh, it'll be fun to play in, in the arena. Like, Perth Arena has been amazing, and uh, can't wait to get back in there and play. Oh, mate, nothing better than that Red Army going mad. You would have already got to experience that, and uh, it'll only get better from here. If you blokes keep on winning, you just watch people jump on the caboose. They'll be hanging from the rafters in there. Yeah, well, they're already there now, and they've been fantastic. <laughs> so uh, uh, there, maybe there's a few seats available. I'm not sure, but uh, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Good on you, Mike. Thanks for your time tonight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, as I said, get behind the Wildcats. Ticketech.com.au right now. And thanks to Kia, Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6. And Kia Sportage, the cars of the year. Have you been in and seen a few of the Wildcats games, Will, over your time here? No, I haven't seen enough of them, Carl. I, I just never got around them enough. But I, I do think it's a very enjoyable thing, not only for people who love sport, but for families as well. It's nice and quick and yeah. a bit of music playing, a bit of action out in the core. Take the kids, mate. Yeah, Take absolutely. the kids. We'll, we'll, we'll get it done for you. you while, while, you've, uh, while you've got a chance sitting in the the chair, I think you should go in the next You'd couple of You'd have a weeks. box there somewhere for me to sit in, wouldn't you, Carl? Uh, well, I know the business does, so uh, we get a chance of getting in somehow. Uh, we need to clear a commitment. On the other side, we'll come back, and we're going to change tack. We're going to have a chat uh, about some UFC. Uh, ben Vickers, uh, he is a coach. He's a promoter of UFC. We know it's coming to town uh, in February next year. We'll have a chat to Ben Vickers next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage. Cars of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Great to have your company. And if you make the switch to Mate Internet and Mobile, you get a fantastic deal right there. And yesterday we heard the news, our state government uh, putting their hand in their pocket too to get a world-class event onto our shore. It's going to be beamed in the living rooms all around the world. UFC 284 here in Perth, RAC Arena, Sunday the 12th of February, Will, 2023. I'm excited. I hope you are, Cole, because it's about time the MMA made its way back to Perth. We are joined by Ben Vickers. Uh, ben, thanks for joining us, mate. Are you as excited as I am? Yeah, look, it's been um, it's it's been amazing to to finally have the big show back in Perth, and and to have that news confirmed yesterday is uh, it's almost a bit like a, a dream come true, if I'm honest. Ben, your eternal MMA promoter, UFC Fight Pass, and Jack Della Madalena's coach. Um, how, yeah. how, how much how much does it mean for not only just fans here in Perth, but guys that are fighting um, and, and working in the sport as well. Yeah, look, it's, it's actually a really good um, demonstration of the partnership that Eternal MMA has with Fight Pass in that, um, and the UFC itself in that we'll do an event the night before where you can get to see the upcoming talent and then hopefully there'll be a lot of Eternal MMA representatives on the main card. And it's a real good demonstration of the pathway that has now been created in Australian MMA to... Um, to get into the UFC and achieve your ultimate goals of, um, of reaching that highest of highs. Outside of Jack, how many do you have in your care and how big is the scene here in Western Australia? Um, outside of Jack, I've probably got about 10 full-time professionals and then another 20 amateurs in my gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, the sport's massive. I mean, the standard of Australian MMA on a global scale, given the, the population densities of, of the country and stuff against other other countries, sort of pound for pound, Australia's up there with the best, producing the best talent in the world. Um, and that's a testament to the to the local scene, you know, and creating these fighters that are cutting it on the 
on the world stage. So I think uh, MMA is thriving at the moment. Ben, uh, people who don't watch the sport, um, who uh, may not be involved uh, with it as, as you are, look, it's a physical sport, it's a brutal sport. Um, is this a sort of chance to showcase just how highly skilled this sport is rather than the brutality? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think um, brutal is a, a word that gets bandied about a lot for combat sports, but you know, the head collisions are no less impactful in, in fighting than they are in rugby league or, or rugby union or, you know, all these other sports that people um, champion, you know, just because, um, because combat sports is, is seen in that way from, from an, from old, but um, I, I have had the pleasure of being in this industry for many years and watching it change. And, and what you would note now is the, the stereotype that's been, been cast on, on combat sports is, is often, the direct opposite than what you'd think. And and it's just, it's a great way for people to be introduced to that at the highest level and to see it. It's a great night out, regardless of whether we even enjoy fighting that much or not. You know, there's always good music. There's a good atmosphere. You know, there's very rarely any, uh, any trouble in the crowd. You know, it's a very respectful audience and it's just a good time. And and the more people that get to see that, um, the, the better the sport will do, and, and I hope it, we can break down some of these these barriers. I think, Ben, what we see in uh, uh, this scenario in the octagon is that we see an opportunity here for the athletes to cross-code. And when I mean cross-code, you've got kickboxing, you've got boxing, you've got wrestling, and you've got then your martial arts all in one. And those that are competent across the board are the ones that, uh, you know, get success. And I, I just I just find it astounding how often, you know, you, you, you see the guys that are really competent when it comes to their wrestling are able to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, the wrestling aspect sort of determines where the fight takes place. The better Mm. wrestler will determine whether it's a stand-up fight or a ground fight. So it's a very important skill to have. But like you said, it's an all-encompassing thing, and there's a lot of time, effort, and dedication that goes into learning all those skills. And and the guys we're going to see on uh, February 12 are the the top level of that, which is exciting. Yeah, I'm talking about that event, UFC 284, Feb 12 at RAC Arena. Do we know, do we have any idea who's going to be fighting, who's going to be the headliners of of that fight card? Uh, I'm pretty sure that the cards are on the table that that Volk's targeted as the main event, or all going well for that, Uh, either defending his current title or, or fighting for a new one. Um, so I think that'll be our, our main event, which is phenomenal. Uh, couldn't have a, a better ambassador for for the sport than uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. And uh, I'm pretty sure Jack Della will feature, being that he's a homegrown um, homegrown guy. So uh, yeah, hopefully those two. And then I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they'll put the rest of the Aussies on. So maybe your Jack Jenkins, Shannon Ross. Hopefully uh, Josh Kulabel will get a fight, and hopefully we can have a full one-sided Aussie card. And, do Australia against the rest of the world. That would be pretty cool. It's been amazing. We've had uh, 15 live uh, UFC events presented in Australia. Uh, the six host cities, which include Sydney, the Gold Coast, Brisbane, Adelaide, Melbourne and Perth previously, have produced a cumulative gate gross of more than $45 million. And that's outside of the hundreds of millions of dollars in economic impact. Uh, the money's huge. Yeah, look, as with any of these sort of um, global sports that are, are broadcast all, all over the world. You know, the, the, the money is massive in, in these sports and the followings are huge and people are prepared to invest a lot of their hard-earned and 
time and, and money into traveling to watch these things. So, um, you know, it's not to be taken lightly, the, the enthusiasm for the sport. Good on you, Benny. Thank you very much for sharing some time with us tonight here on Sports Day, mate, and uh, all the best in the lead-up to the fights. Thanks very much. Cheers. Ben Vickers, uh, external MMA promoter, UFC Fight Pass, and Jack Della Maddalena's coach. Nice to have him on the program. Uh, If you want any more of the current fight news, visit UFC.com. That's where you can get all of the details right there. Thanks to Mate. 5G mobile plans in every territory or state. Why wait? Make the switch to Mate. We'll be back after this to get into the world game, the soccer, with Daniel Garb next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Nice to have your company and lovely to have Daniel Garb. Uh, love his work as sports broadcaster, ABC, AFL commentator, part of the Net Podcast. What else can we throw in there, Garby? Welcome to the show. Oh, Perth boy. 6PR product. That's Absolutely. always a good one, uh, Carlos, isn't it? Yeah, I was telling Scoey a bit of the history back uh, in your younger days when you rocked up, mate, after finishing your education, which was fantastic, and it's great to see you go on and uh, achieve what you have, made in the industry. It's been absolutely awesome. And uh, the round game is a sport that you love and you spent some time overseas, and we've seen some really interesting results as we focus in on the EPL to start tonight. Well, we have. I mean, Arsenal are tracking along very well. That was a big game on the weekend, the Gunners and uh, and Liverpool. And Arsenal are just keeping on keeping on at the moment. Um, they haven't hit any sort of hurdle yet, which their fans, including Will Schofield, uh, have yes. expected to happen. Maybe that will come when the Europa League hots up a little bit and they have to play their best team twice a week. Maybe they'll get tested a bit more then. I don't think anyone expects them to, to knock off Man City for the title just yet, but... Uh, they're going along beautifully, and they beat Liverpool for the first time in a while in the league, or in a meaningful game anyway, at the Emirates on the weekend. And yeah, the likes of Saka and Martinelli on the wing are giving them just so much drive and excitement. Jesus has been a wonderful signing, of course. And yeah, maybe a couple of decisions went their way against Liverpool, but uh, they created chances, put the Reds under pressure. And uh, yeah, I guess they're the story at the top of the table to uh, to commence the campaign under Mikel Arteta. Garvey, it sounds like you're a Liverpool supporter. You don't go for Liverpool, do you? I do. <laughs> I knew you bloody did. You're talking it down. Arsenal, they they will win the championship. Mark my words. You might oh, come on. You might you won't hear it from me again, but they will under Mikel Arteta. Yes, that's right. I'm an Arsenal fan. What about Cristiano Ronaldo? He kicks his 700th goal. It's about time. He hasn't kicked a kick one for a little while. Yeah, he came off the bench actually, so he's struggling for a starting spot at Manchester United. Um, and they seem to be tracking along pretty well with that in mind. Um, he just. He can't offer enough, I think, in a defensive sense, um, which is weird to say for one of the greatest goal scorers ever. But you do have to defend from the front these days. You do have to press a lot. and Perhaps that's just a bit beyond him. So he's a bit more of an impact player at United, but they had an early injury against Everton. He comes on, scores a fantastic goal. His finishing is still top class. But when you're trying to build a new team, and maybe he's not quite the best option. So that's still rumbling on. Um, Ronaldo's discontent, I'm sure, without starting big games and his desire to go to a big Champions League club, but they don't really want him at the moment, probably for the reasons I highlighted before. So, yeah, how that sorts itself out come January, we'll wait and see. He'll obviously have a big role to play for Portugal come the World Cup, but that was a big goal for him. Big win for Manchester United away to Everton, who had a big dip in the Manchester derby where City touched them up in a big way, as they do to most teams. But uh, overall, under Eric Ten Hag, it seems to be a better 
trajectory for Manchester United at the moment. Now, speaking of Manchester United, British billionaire Jimmy Ratcliffe has made a pitch to the the Glazer, is it? The Glazer family who own the club. Uh, They've told him that they are not for sale. Fans not happy that the debt has grown by 23% to $893 million Australian dollars, but uh, not for sale, they say. Yeah, so that would frustrate United fans. But the Glazers continue to pour millions and millions of pounds into their football team. I understand that uh, supporters aren't happy with the ownership, and for good reason. United have faded away enormously since Sir Alex Ferguson left, and I'm sure the Glazers deserve plenty of blame. But they've still pumped a lot of cash into the football team. They just haven't got any results. Maybe that will change under Eric Ten Hag. So... Yeah, who knows if that would stay the same under new owners or not. Uh, we'd have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, they certainly want the Glazers out in a big way and they probably won't stop protesting until that happens. Uh, Garby, what about our boy Ange Postacoglu's Celtic mm-hmm. in the Champions League? No good. Yeah, that was a disappointing result this morning against RB Leipzig. That's probably one they would have looked at and thought, yeah, that's the chance to get a victory in Europe at home against a beatable side. Uh, they just couldn't quite manufacture the chances they would like in the final third and then got caught by some uh, smart finishing the other way from a former Chelsea forward in Timo Verma especially. So, yeah, disappointing one. They won't make it through the group. Hopefully they can nab a Europa League spot. That would be great. But that would disappoint Ange. Um, he's obviously done an incredible job there at Celtic to get them to the stage, to win the title. But he would have loved a big Champions League win. He might still get it. But so they probably just underperformed in Europe. They just don't have the cattle to match it with the best team. So Ange would have had high expectations in the Champions League. Hasn't quite matched them, but still plenty to gain for him this season in Scotland. Uh, we're speaking to Daniel Garr, part of the Nest podcast. Now, mate, so what about our girls, the Matildas, defeating a top 20 opponent for the first time, uh, defeating Denmark 3-1? Important win for Tony Gustafsson and uh, the Matildas, mainly for him as coach, to be honest, because... So the Home World Cup's coming up next year, obviously, and the form hadn't been good enough under him. And I think there would have been some question marks at Football Australia as to whether he's the right man to take the team into such an important moment like a Home World Cup. He still needs to keep these results coming through early next year for that to be fully um, nailed on, that he is the man. But uh, that was a big performance and result by the team for him to knock off Denmark in their own backyard. It's one of the better results, maybe since the Olympics, to be honest, when Australia did reasonably well in that tournament. I think that will just make him feel a whole lot better about his position and and the team gaining confidence ahead of uh, that tournament. So that was a big one for him. Other than that, it's just a hit out. But those games are almost put on to just try and build some confidence. Denmark wasn't the easiest encounter away from home, and uh, that will certainly be a confidence booster for him and the side. All right, uh, just as we let you go, just going back to that Liverpool blood that is running through your veins, uh, you've gone from well beaters to mid-table fodder right now. <laughs> Liverpool? Yeah. We are a little bit. Um, yeah, they're struggling. They really are. I mean, there just seems to be a defensive lapse at the moment, a bit of lethargy, which has been around probably from the start of the season. They're lacking a bit in defensive midfield. Fabinho is struggling at the moment, so he's not offering the back four enough protection. And uh, they're being caught out as a result. And Arsenal certainly exposed Liverpool in, in that sense. And then Mohamed Salah, who was the best player in the league last season, just about, has been nowhere near it. He signed that big contract, big money, and it's almost as if the magic is gone. 
Um, and I think those two factors have had a huge bearing on Liverpool's season. They need to get Salah back to his best. They need Fabinho to provide that steal in midfield. And then they can start moving in the right direction. But uh, they've got some big issues right now. And the league title is obviously beyond them. Can they make the top four? Sure. Can they have a good run in Europe? Perhaps. But they need to get going pretty quick. Hey, Daniel, uh, while, while will you go? It's uh, AFL trade period finishing up today, tonight. Um, I've seen a bit of action on social media on your behalf around uh, homesickness and, and the comparison between yeah. the round ball game and, and AFL. Can, can you just expand on a little bit? Because I've, I've got to be honest, I kind of uh, agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> Good. Um, I'm always worried when you've got an opinion, Will, because I know you're pretty ardent on them. So <laughs> I was hoping you'd agree with me on that one. Um, yeah, look, I think it's just a, a real frustration to see the, the go-home factor in, in the AFL at the moment. Not so much with players who you want to move in the middle of their careers. That's okay. I think it's becoming a frustration when you hear about it at draft level. That's when it's starting to irritate. And you just see what I, you know, I see what players in the world game have to go through to, to make their dreams come true. Basketball fans would know what young Aussie basketballers have to do. Young tennis players, young golfers. I know it's a completely different set of circumstances. I know that they have to go overseas in order to make it to the top. And there are different cultures around it. But it just feels like it's getting out of control. Um, when it starts to seep into draft level in the manner in which it is, when you've got Victorian kids telling clubs, I'm not going to move interstate, so don't pick me. Um, it's a worrying trend. And it's seemingly, seemingly getting worse and worse by the year. And it compromises the draft. And the go-home factor after a year or two is an issue as well, obviously. And I just like to see them toughen up a little bit like... It's not that bad, is it? How hard could it be living two hours away, getting paid good money to live your dream? Why wouldn't you want to do that? But it feels like mentally it's becoming a condition that's an issue at the moment, unless you've got a family issue. If you have that full uh, sympathy, I reckon, and that's a different set of circumstances. But other than that, um, it just seems like it's, it's a bit of a problem for the AFL to perhaps sort out or else the equality of the actual game becomes compromised when the draft system is uh, is starting to to become tilted in that sense. Garvey, thank you very, very much for your time. Uh, always value your opinions, and you're a bloke who stepped out of his comfort zone and he spent uh, a lot of time away from home and in different parts of the world. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. All right. Thanks, boys. All the best. Good on you. Daniel Garb there, part of the Nest podcast, as I said, and a sports broadcaster. Nice to have him on the program. Thanks to Barbecues Galore. Uh, go to iCanWin.com.au to win a Ziggy by Ziggler and Brown barbecue this summer. Back after the break, we'll have a chat to Mark Allen next. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage. Cars of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Nice to have your company green to green. Thanks to Baron O'Day because the little things are everything. And Marco Allen, former golf pro, part of 3OW's Twilight Zone, and he is absolute rating gold. And a couple of WA pieces of gold when it comes to the world of golf is Min Woo and Min Ji Lee. Set to tee off at the Aussie Golf Open, Melbourne, December 1-4. to Gee, Marco, it's starting to be a pretty good field. How are you, mate? G'day, Carl. G'day, Will. And I hope they put these two close together because the men and the women are playing together. And normally, the way they've done it before in the Victorian Open and other tournaments like it, they have men, women, men, women, group after group. I reckon it'd be fantastic to have Min Woo and Minji one after the other. I know probably TV wants one of them in the morning on Thursday and the other one during TV uh, that afternoon and then vice versa. Because they do mix it up on Thursday and Friday and you, you get one morning round, one afternoon round. 
But I reckon it'd be great for people going through the gates to see these two superstars of Australian golf. And Minji Lee, Minji, she is a superstar of the world game. I mean, she's, what is she, top five player in the world these days? I, I, I haven't get my eye on it. And Min Woo Lee, I mean, he's a top 50 player in the world. He didn't play too well on the US Tour. Played very well last week in Spain. I think he finished third. on the third. Mm. Yeah. So um, he's a good, amazing player to watch. And I meant that the way I said it. A good, amazing player. Because he's, he's able to hit shots off the tee and into the greens. He's able to do that in a manner that not many can. Um, but he just hasn't got his claws into that US tour. That'll happen eventually. Um, but still, if you're down in Melbourne and you're going to come down and have a look at Kingsley and Victoria golf clubs where the Australian Open is going to be played, make sure you put those two on your list to go follow. Hey, Mark, good to speak to you, mate. Will Schofield here. Look, I, I, I'm looking at the um, the LIV golf tournament, right, and, yep. the, and whatever yep. we're calling yep. that. Live. It's yep. live, yeah. It seems it, – it, it looks to me a little bit like Drive to Survive has been for the F1. People who don't usually follow <laughs> golf, whether they're golf experts or not, now are a little bit interested in golf with the, the live. <laughs> Is it ongoing? What's, what's an update in the, uh, in the live well, it's funny you say Drive to Survive on Netflix because would you believe oh. at the start of this year, 2022, Netflix did one on golf. So I don't know what it's called, but it's the same sort of thing. It's inside the world of professional golf. Wow. PGA Tour versus Live. I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't have scripted it to be better. Uh, I guess the big news was last week in Thailand, a kid who virtually no one would have heard of won $4 million for first prize. $4 million. US. So what's that these days? What's our peso running at? That's about $6 bucks. <laughs> so it's, it is ridiculous. Now, this kid is a Spanish kid, and I don't even know his name. He used to be the number two amateur player in the world. And what Liv is now focusing on is that they are now focusing on the best amateur players and they don't want them to go the normal way to get onto the US PGA Tour which would be to go to the tour school get onto the Corn Ferry Tour finish in the top 25 uh, and get your card that way and you know it takes about four years. So Greg Norman is is now looking straight at the best amateurs in the world going hey listen guess what I've got for you come and have a look at this and here you go he's, he's one of the, the really big payoffs I think he's only played like six or seven professional events and it doesn't matter what he did in the others, he's just won six million Australian dollars playing golf. Eugenio Lopez Chacara. You're going to remember that name for a long time. He's only 22, so he's going to be around a while. Another name that uh, is a little bit closer <laughs> to home, which is a lot easier to say, yeah. is Grace Kim. Now, Grace has earned a LPGA yeah. Tour card in 2023, the first coming through the secondary Epson Tour, and that's the first since Hannah Green, mate, back in 2017. Yeah, and I love Grace. Um, she's got the best game face in golf, and, and I mean in, in in all golf. Yeah. When she starts, when she tries, um, you can actually see it just dripping off her eyebrows. How much? She, how hard she's going? <laughs> she's so good. Anyway, um, I reckon baby steps for Grace. I mean, fantastic to do this. I think it only took her six months to to achieve. I reckon she's going to be one of the players. Um, you see them every once in a while, and if we're going to talk about Tom Kim in a second, uh, do a Tom Kim 
because I think that she will just feel really comfortable playing on the LPGA Tour. And I wouldn't be surprised if she gets a win early and away she goes, just like what we saw Tom Kim do. If you've been following this kid, you understand what's happening there in the world of golf? Tell me. Tell me, please, Mark. He's won twice in the last four starts on the PGA Tour. We saw him at the President's Cup rip everybody apart and beat JT on the last day in the singles. This kid, when he was 16 years old, won three times on the Korean Tour. He went to the Asian Tour Blitzbat as well. He is now only the second player in the history of the PGA Tour to win two tournaments before the age of 21. I'll give you one guess who the other guy was. No idea. Tiger Woods. <laughs> Tiger Woods. But it, it, mate, if you're looking for records, there's only one bloke who holds all the records. It's right. Tiger. Okay. So, so it's him and Tiger Woods. What Tom Kim did last week was incredible. And I'll give you one more on him. He didn't make a bogey all week. Wow. Not one. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible stuff. Now, let's turn our attention to the bloke by the name of Patrick Cantlay because uh, (laughs) I I actually watched him almost create a record at the course where he hits a third round. He hits a third round 60. He was looking at 59, but he ends up up not uh, scoring a a record on the card. But then he gets the 18th hole. He hits one onto the looked like sandy, rocky stuff with a bit of spin effects around. He whacks one from behind some spin effects into the next bit of spin effects. Then he's got to take a drop. Then he takes the drop and then he whacks the next one into the water. Then he's got to take another drop. He plays it over the water onto the green and he knocked it in. What a magnificent putt to knock it in. But sadly for him, it meant he came second. Yeah, Yeah, it was one of the greatest triple bogeys you'd ever see. Mate, on the seventy-second hole, what a meltdown! He, he was—he—he he stood on the tee on the seventy-second hole, tied with Tom Kim. <laughs> uh, and you wouldn't believe this—he led the field. This is Cantlay. He mm. led the field for shots gained driving for the week. Yeah. And what club did he pull in the last hole? He pulled the three one out. Mm. And oh, you couldn't—he—he he, no one drove the ball better than him all week. Yeah. And on the seventy-second hole, he pulled the three wood out and made a mess of it. Unbelievable. Um, it was very strange watching, that's for sure. It, it reminded me of Ernie Els. Ernie Els was really good at doing that. Just blowing yeah, up but, but, Butchering it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just when you think he's going to win, a few. he just blows up. Yeah. 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 I reckon Adam Scott in a British Open as well that gifted Ernie Els the tournament. There was a, a blow up as well. I reckon, he was, I reckon he might have been four shots up with five to play, Adam Scott, and gifted it to Ernie Els, not even in the playoff. Just said, here you go. Take the claret jug. Yeah, look, golf is so famous. I mean, if you went through the history of golf and you got the top 10 blow-ups on the 72nd hole, I reckon the three of us could sit there and have a giggle for oh, yes. hours and hours. Yeah, it's always <laughs> yeah. good. Hey, Marco, love your work, yeah. mate. Thank you very much for joining us again tonight. Take care. Anytime, boys. Good on you. Mark Allen there, part of uh, 3AW's Twilight Zone, former golf pro, knows his stuff. Uh, love uh, hearing him uh, give us a few moments each and every week. Thanks to Green to Green. Thanks to Baron O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.